Welcome to This Is Life. This is your host, Sean Johnson, pastor of Many Waters Church. Uh, hey, I just want to just take a time out before we get too far here today. Don't forget to head on over to our social media and our email and our website. Uh, if you go to Twitter, you look us up at This Is Life Pod. Uh, also, this is lifepod at gmail.com. If you want to have any commentary, maybe questions for the show, uh, if you have any, maybe some of these topic suggestions or anything, you just want to chit chat, or maybe it's about something that's going on in your life and you just like some prayer. Uh, I'd love to, to hear from you. Uh, you can also go to thisislifepod.com if you want to get the up to date latest uh, podcast. Make sure you have all of them. And also, you can hear us on any, any of your favorite uh, podcast uh, apps out there Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher. Uh, we're all over. So make sure you tell your friends and subscribe. I would also like to go in there and do, uh, do, do, uh, go on and do some reviews. That'd be really helpful. I don't even care if it's one star or five stars, but just an honest review of the podcast, wherever you're like to listen, uh, that'd be really grateful. Maybe even if you wouldn't mind spending a couple minutes and just giving us a review, we definitely would really appreciate it. All right, today I got my good friend Matt Quick here again. Say hello, friend. Hello, friend. <laughs> so, uh, if you if you were happened to be here last time, we were talking. Uh, we had a great time just going over my uh, trip to Canada, uh, and uh, uh, Matt was afraid I wouldn't air it, but I absolutely I, did, I, and I'm I, very happy I yeah, did so. It was I'm, a good time. I, I was embarrassed. I, think should, I, I, I was should, embarrassed. You should I, not be embarrassed. He's like, before we started, he's like, man, the best thing is just to let it go free and just talk back and forth. <laughs> so we just I let you that. all hear what we talk about for an yeah. hour and a half with our with our wives are not present. That's pretty much what it's like yeah. uh, when they're not here to be like, OK, the time to go yet or move on. to other In other things. news, I've, I've taken up French. I'm going to learn. <laughs> I'm going to I'm, I'm do it. I'm going to take the, up. The, I'm gonna get the, is not dicks. It's is not. No. Me? Yeah. If, if, if you see D.I.X. on Canadian money, it, it means yeah, 10 in, yeah, in French. It's not uh, that word. Again, who knew that this show would be so educational about, <laughs> about foreign languages? <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I said that to say this time, you know, we're going to kind of, you know, we, again, I, I think last time was really important and really, you, you know, I just want to be real and I want everyone just to hear, just, just, just talk from the heart. And so not every single episode has to be about preaching or about serious topics or, you know, we're going to have some of those. And especially when I have guests, it's going to be really awesome to hear, stories from people and basically how they live their life. And, and one of the questions I'm going to be asking every you know future guest is what is important to you? I think that if we start asking that question more often to more people, we will have a deeper understanding of who other people are and find out, you know, uh, what's important to them so we can make it important to us. And therefore we can gain relationships and friendships and brotherhoods and sisterhoods and just overall be better to one another. I think just when we respect and desire, want to know what's important to somebody else, you know, they will have a natural desire to ask us the same thing. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So today we're going to discuss a topic that I think that a lot of people in the church shy away from. And that there's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, you know, I think that the, just like, you know, when you're, when you're going to have your friends over or your family on holidays the two topics that everyone refuses to discuss are politics and religion. Um, and a lot of that's because everyone has their own opinion and everyone thinks that their opinion is the only opinion that matters. And rather than being able to have a civil mutual discussion about different opinions on those particular topics or different, you know, uh, you know, uh, points of view, 
they end up becoming a source of contention rather than a source of healing or understanding. And uh, I don't, I don't want to do that in the show. I feel that it's important to talk about politics and or religion. And sometimes they will commingle because that's just a part of society and part of life. Uh, you know, when you have the government and the church, truly, that's why there's a separation of church and state because they really are on the same plane. They're, they're equal footing. And, and I'm not just talking about the Christian church. I'm talking about religion in general and the government in general. Uh, they're, they're two parts of the, the of society that are important and that are, uh, you know, should be respected and also should be, have a place in society as well. But again, sometimes because of, you know, just natural people, those two things are also going to commingle. And sometimes they commingle too much where our, our politics become a part of our identity and our religion or our religion becomes a, a, a part of our identity in politics or our political party. And I think that there's a we need to warn ourselves against that. Really try to keep them separate, uh, you know, because we, you know, we we once we kind of start putting religion into uh, how do I say like once we start making our religious uh, opinions, of our own religious opinions, a part of our politics, we end up alienating everybody who's not a part of our own religion. The bottom line is this is that it's okay to have political and religious views, but it's important to be able to keep them and still respect other people's opinions and views in that regard. And that's what we're going to do today. Uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up is there's, a, there's an article I saw the other day. Uh, there's a pastor, a church, of, a church in Virginia, uh, and his sign of his, you know how they have all those signs outside of churches, you know, like the CH underscore underscore CH, what's missing? You are, Right. Things like that. Just funny quips that people put on churches just to get a giggle for the passers-by and maybe, you know, draw people in. Maybe they, they post, like, events or services coming up, whatever. Well, this guy is Friendship Baptist Church in Virginia. His sign on his church says, America, colon, love it or leave it. Now, I don't know what scripture that is. I don't, I don't remember that in any Bible study that I've ever written, uh, read uh, about how America love it or leave it, has anything to do with, with church. And to me, that's that's a very dangerous thing. And so I'm going to kind of talk about it today because it caused a lot of controversy. It caused a lot of problems. And, of course, it's, it's because, you know, you in this political climate with the president that we have, you know, you're getting these crazy locker-up chants. Or not locker-up. Uh, what, what, what is the chant now? Uh, the Lamera, the uh, go back or send her back, send, send, her back. send them back, you with, know, uh, with the representative Omar. Right. Yeah, with with yeah. Omar and, 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 and which is hilarious because what almost all like all the four women, the freshman women. Yeah, they're calling Democratic them leaders they call it together. They're calling them the squad. I think right. is their they're right. Well, I think that's the yeah. name. And the president gave them. I don't think they're, that's they're, a real that's not a real name. But. Just doing what their constituents voted them to do. You may not agree with them. And and I definitely don't agree with them. I would probably agree with them more than I but I'm not going to sit there and yell, send them back, especially when all but one of them are originally from this country anyway, and they all are American citizens. So where are they going to go back to? You know what's weird about that? Just kind of, we stop for yeah. a second. What's so weird about that is, first of all, they all won elections. Right. Same as the president. Right. They they won elections to lead their districts, right? right? In the House. Right. And they won those presumably because people believed in their vision for the country, right? That's how you win an election. But what's also weird is that in the case of in the case of, in the case of Representative Omar specifically, she was a refugee who came to the country, mm. 
right? And then she, I believe she became, I don't know if I'm correct on this, I'm going to be a little off base here, I believe she became an American citizen through the process that's, that's, that's through, through the process. legal immigration Right, which process. is what they all say. You need to become here legally. Well, she did it and you still don't She like came it. here legally right. and people still have a problem. But that represents the best of us, not the worst of us, right? Right. Like Ellis Island, Liberty Island, you come here as an immigrant, you know, everybody always says, oh, yeah, we're a nation of immigrants. Like, you know, she can bring a perspective, right. whether you agree with it or not, that's different than a perspective of someone who's lived here. We talked about Canada for an hour and a half. Right. You know, right. Over, right. you know, I think we, right. you know, over the last over the last two weeks, I mean, I think you split it up, but right. we, we talked about it, you know, a while back. Mm-hmm. The, you, but the main thing was kind of the theme for that is you were given a different perspective mm-hmm. from people you met, from pe- things mm-hmm. you experienced that were different than here. And now you have a better perspective on life in general. Right. She can bring that to Congress right. simply because she's experienced different things. Right. She's a woman. She's a minority. She has religious views that are different than right. the, the majority, majority right. of views here. And yet it's very much if you're not with us, you're against us. But we forget that her her baseball jersey says America on the front, too. Right. Right. Well, I think that's the thing is, is, is that we, you know, it's just, it's just a part of just uh, identity and identity politics. Like we, regardless of what happens, I mean, honestly, no matter who gets in the White House and no matter who gets in the Congress, it's, you know, it, it, I, I see it as, as an opportunity for me to, let's put it this way, no matter how I cast my vote, you know, that I'm just one vote. That to me is a small thing that I, that I do. If I really want to change the world, I don't change the world by just going into a voting booth and and and, and clicking who I think would be best representing my views. So again, that's part of it. That's our duty as as Americans that we should do that. But how go you register if, to vote? Right, You're not registered. Go register. But to vote. yeah, but it, but if you really want to change things, then change your own world. Change who you are. You know, make a difference in your own communities. You know, if if you feel strongly about something. Go and try and you know make a positive impact. You know if you have a if you if if you're tired of seeing homeless people on the street, don't just sit there and complain about all the homeless people. Actually, go and you know volunteer at the rescue mission, or you know you know even at the very least send a check. Do just do something to to help those whom you are complaining about. Don't just sit there and complain about things you don't like. I think that's one of the problems about. But I'll say it, but a lot of Christians is that were really, really, really great about complaining, but we're terrible at fixing. You talk about this in another episode, right? The, well, hon- yeah. the honking meme. And, and so it's you, like you talked about this, right? And we have the solution. We have, you know, we have the, the answer of all answers living inside of us in our own hearts, but yet we're so busy trying to find and look about and have a telescope and all the things that are wrong that we don't see that we ourselves are in in Jesus are the solution. And, and, and so, you know, all we can do is just now like this pastor, you know, just, just make a sign in our church to just to ruffle some feathers and, 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 and to call he look, look at his quote. I'll read the quote. When he was asked about the sign, his, here's his quote from him. This is from time magazine, right? This is from time magazine. You can probably put this link in the description. That, that could do that. Yeah. He says, Lucas, this is the pastor's name is Lucas. Lucas is last name. Lucas told the television station that he plans to leave the message up for a while because of the positive feedback he's received. Quote, preachers by and large today are afraid they're going to hurt somebody's feelings. And when I get in the pulpit, I'm afraid I won't hurt somebody's feelings. That's your pastor. Yeah. I, so, well, hang on. I agree with that when the message is a tough one. Mm-hmm. 
you're a pastor. You probably delivered messages that you didn't want to deliver. Oh, there's no question. Right. But it had nothing to do with. But this does not seem. Right. This, he's th- not this seems about. to be an instig- instigator. Right. He's not or talking. To be instigating here. something right. that you really don't need to. Cause right. If, if you want to hurt somebody, like, for example, I, I think you're right. I mean, they're definitely giving some messages. So, I mean, from, if you just look at that quote, if I just showed you that quote, you'd be like, yeah, preachers have a tough job right. sometimes. They got to right. tell people what they don't want to hear. And that's, right. you know, my job's not to. I think you tickle said it the be- ears, right? You, right, you're not tickle the ears. You said it before that I think you even played a clip for us back, uh, you know, church here. You played a clip where there was a minister and the minister used very foul language, right, in right. discussing some sort of issue. And you can help me with that. I don't remember right. exactly what it was. It was yeah, something about people Tony starving Campbell. in Africa or something right. to that effect. And he, you know, essentially went off, yeah, and was he, like, "How come we're not raising enough bleeping money for the bleeping bleeping <laughs> kids in Africa?" And then he stopped and said, and some of you are going to be more mad that I said bleep, 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 right. instead of the fact that the kids are starving in Africa. Exactly right. And so, you know, sometimes churches need to hear that. So I get what he's saying there, but I think he's way off base but he, but he's because using, as right. much as it lieth in you, live peaceably with all men, right? right? Isn't that This is causing thing? controversy. This is causing what the Bible cause says is a stumbling block. You are not you're not welcoming people into the kingdom of God. You're giving them a stumbling block. You're giving them reason to not walk into your church rather than the reason to walk into your church. You're not saying I have the solution here. You're saying I'm a part of the problem. Right. You're saying I'm a part of the division. I'm a part of the wall building, if you will. Yeah. I'm a part of, of, of causing a division. I'm not, I'm not. And when Jesus was all about bringing people together, even in tough times, he was bringing by bringing people together and always to make sure that there is a, a, a repentance and that's no question. But that's, the guy's not even talking about repentance. He's not even talking about, um, you know, making wrong right. He's just saying, if you don't like America, love it or leave it. And, and I just, I think that just, he's blending his patriotism with his Christianity. Right. And we have to understand that we're not, first and foremost, we are not Americans. We're, we are inhabitants and we are part of the kingdom of God, first and foremost, more than we are Americans, more than we are any other country. We are children of God, and God does not have a nation that he prefers over the others. I mean, you know, some people can argue that, that Israel is the apple of his eye, and, and we can talk about that. Uh, but just because he's blessed America and because we have a lot of things here that a lot of other countries don't doesn't make us, especially in, in the realm of Christianity, any more exceptional than any other country. In fact, if you ask me, especially as of late, we've shown the complete opposite of Christianity. Right. Uh, which is hospitality. I mean, I think I mentioned it before. A lot of people forget that Sodom and Gomorrah was actually destroyed not because of homosexuality, but because they were not hospitable, because they were not loving, because they were not kind. And, you know, that is way more important to God than anything else, is that we are loving one another. That's why Jesus said the two greatest commandments, love your Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So th- th- that's why we can't we can't blur that line anymore. Well, and you hit on something really interesting there is that, and I've heard this a lot, and I don't know, maybe you've, I don't think you've said it, but maybe you have. Um, and this is going to make people upset, and I'm sorry if it does. America's not a Christian nation, right? It's not. Sorry, newsflash, not a real thing. There's a lot of people, maybe including this gentleman, who would like to believe that America was founded upon Christianity, and that's simply not true. There right. were Christian founders. You have to there were founders that. that were Christian, right. but they go to great lengths to right. exclude. But just think about that logically, right? right? Pilgrims come to America in 1620. Right. They land in Massachusetts. And the whole reason they sailed an entire ocean was because England said, hey, we're going to have this church right. 
and you've got to be this. And if you're not, get out. Right. Love it or leave it. Yeah. And they <laughs> true. and they said, okay, well, we're we're out of here. Right. And so they leave and they're looking for a place where they can call their own, where they can exercise religious freedom. Right. Okay. You go a little bit farther on, you get to the 1770s, you know, taxation, all that kind of stuff. You eventually get to, to the founding fathers that say, yeah, we if we're financially contributing to government. We also want a say in said government. We're not getting a say in said government. And we don't like all this colony business because we'd like to have the freedom to be Masons or Christians right. or Jews or whatever. And that's where the separation of church and state. And that's from. why it's in there. But right. people always think that when you think about separation of church and state, people think, oh, my God, it's a horrible thing. No, it's not. It's actually it's a very good thing. It's a good thing. In fact, it was for the benefit of the churches. If it's you look a very, at it. very, very yeah, good thing. Right. Yeah. Because the notion is uh, we're going to keep these things 100% separate right. so that all religions are protected, right. not so that one is favored over right. the others. Right. If you want to see how religion and politics intermingle really well, or you want to see what that looks like, you can look at the Middle East. Right. That's right. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, in quotes, it, right. You know, if, you know, if you want to see how that looks, right. all you got to do is turn to the Middle East where there's been conflict for thousands of right. years, pretty much nonstop. Right. Because their religion is so cooked into their, right. um, I don't want to say democracy, but into, into their forms of government. The government, Right. Right. So when the founders made America, even in the Constitution, the word God is nowhere in the Constitution. Right. The word religion only appears twice. Right. One of them is something, and I can look it up, but it's something to the effect of no religious text should be required to hold an office mm-hmm. or trust in the United States, something like that. I forget the article. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the First Amendment has Congress shall make no law um, establishing religion. Establishing right. religion. right. Which doesn't say, I mean, it means you have freedom of religion, but the words freedom of religion aren't anywhere in that text. No, right. They're not there at all. But yet there's this notion that's perpetrated, even especially by a lot of churches, like Jesus, something I don't think Jesus built America, but they suggest that America was founded upon Christian values. And that's not true. Right. It's founded on values that Christians also think are values. Right. But, you know, in the case of Representative Omar, yeah, she's Muslim. She has as much right to be Muslim as I have a right to worship a flying spaghetti monster. Right. Well, the that's, thing is, the, the, that's just right. it. Well, the warning is this: is that if we were to be a theocracy, right? If, let's say even if Christianity was the was the official religion of America, and our government was strictly based on the Judeo-Christian it'd be a, Bible, it'd be a theocracy. It'd be a theocracy. Right. The problem is, is look at the look at look at Judeo-Christianity in general. How many different you know, we, we can't even, we even split Yeah, are we going to be Lutheran? Two, are right. we going to be Catholic? Are, are we, we going to be Protestant? Right. Are we going to be non-denominational, there's, there's which hundreds, is a denomination right. in itself? There's hundreds of denominations and then people who are, don't even have denominations. And they all have, you know, similar, you know, everyone talks about Jesus and understand Jesus is the central point. But everyone has a different view on, on everything else pretty much. And how would we? How could we have a central form of government based off of Christianity when we can't even agree within our own? You can't selves? even agree what Christianity right. is supposed to be. That's one thing. The other thing is, is how how many of you Christians would want a Muslim government, or a Jewish government, or a Buddhist government? Because from the perspective of Representative Shah. Omar, right, that's kind of what is happening. Right. I mean, you know, just think about we talked about talked about empathy right. a while back, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Right. You know, if you were Representative Omar or if you went to Saudi Arabia and you emigrated there and you're there and people are chanting, send him back because you were duly elected to represent your district. Right. That's yeah. You would think, well, that's not acceptable. But yet when you're in the majority, 
because I think you can't say America is a Christian nation, right. but you can say America is a predominantly Christian nation. Yep. That makes that's a whole different sentence. That's, a, that's, that's pretty that's accurate. A, right. And that's a fact with the people that are in the other country. Right. So there are more Christians here than Muslims, than Buddhists, than Jews. And, and you know, that's fine. But bigger cities don't seem to have this problem. These things always happen in places that are somewhat rural, that are somewhat less urban. Right. We have this problem here in Topeka. Um, I, I don't know if they act so much anymore, but we, you know, Topeka, unfortunately, for for worse, is infamous for Fred Phelps. For the for, right, Westboro. For, the, for, right. for Westboro, right. Um, who protest things and you know, but that's but you know what? That's their right to do so. Right. Voltaire said, "I don't have to agree with you. I don't have to agree with what you say, but I will def- fight to the death to mm-hmm. defend your right to say it." Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that notion of you are able to express yourself however you want. Right. That's 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 the deal. Now you your rights are relative. Right. So my right to swing my fist stops at your nose. Right. right? And you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater and these no. kinds of things that infringe upon others' rights. Right. But she's just in this case of Omar, she's just doing her job, and she's doing and she's you doing. Well, you get people like Talib that are right. saying, you know, we're going to impeach the MF right. and you know these kinds of things that maybe are a bit more inflammatory. But uh, that's not much. Di- though, well, that's, that's not much different than anymore, right. I know, but that's not much different than what the president said right, in the past. You know, uh, yeah, take him out. negative Nancy right. and Sleepy Joe and all these nicknames for people that he yeah. has. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, Lion Hillary and all these different <laughs> things, and you know all these kinds of things. So, from that perspective, it almost you know it's it's almost his responsibility as president to unify. And not to sow division, and yet he attacks people that are different from him. I guess to rile up his he, he doesn't really to rile up his him. base. He, no, I mean, I what think, is it? I think he, he's actually smart in that way. He doesn't attack him specifically. He just doesn't stop other people from doing it. Like right, he, but was, he sends out tweets every morning. Every morning, at six a.m. You can turn on you can turn on any news network. Right, and the president's I mean, tweeted blank 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 attacking. Uh, just today, pull out the curtain a little bit. We're recording this on August second. Right, he just poked a whole bunch of uh, stuff at Representative Cummings, whose house was burglarized right. in Baltimore. Right. I mean, I, I'm not trying to defend the president. You know, why I, would you do, well, you know, that's they, not living peaceably with all men. Well, I mean, course. just kind of in that, in that of notion. Of course not, and but so, you know what they say? Well, he's a baby Christian. I'm like, well, if he's, I, let, me, let me just put a pin on that for a second. A lot of people say, because I've heard that said, well, can you get to have patience with him because he's a baby Christian. He doesn't, he's, you know, he, he doesn't. You know how he hasn't. But you don't need a Christian that. to know not to call people names. Well, again, and also your I daughter's five; she knows not to call right, people names. I, agree. I mean, she's that, also a Christian, but she d- right. she doesn't know that because of Jesus. She knows right. that because she knows it's inherently the right thing to do. Right. Well, the Bible says very plainly, you know them by their fruits, and I have yet to see any of that fruit come out of him. To me, that shows that he's a Christian. Now, even if he is a baby Christian, that's kind of in a weird thing, not correct, because I don't know about you, Matt, but have you ever seen somebody? or witnessed somebody or been around somebody or heard about somebody who just gave their life to the Lord, man, they can't stop talking about Jesus. They can't stop trying to figure out how, you know, they, they can't stop you know, going and asking for forgiveness for past sin. The, the expression they, that I would use is they're on fire. Yes, precisely. They're, 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 that is a baby they, Christian. They are right. on fire, right. right. Like, that is somebody who you know. had, had, had a true conversion and a repentance of heart. And I just haven't seen evidence of that. I've just seen... You know, I, I've just seen the outward appearance. Again, God knows his heart, and that's not my place to judge. I'm just saying we can't put all of our eggs in the basket of saying that the, the president's Christian, so all of our problems are over. Because that's the lazy way to do it. And even if we were to, you know, that to me is a lazy Christian. If you're going to, if you're going to, if you want the, the America to change and America to be more Christ-like, you, you can't just 
let your vote be the only way that you Yeah, it's not just like, that. okay, cool, I pick you. Right. You're going to no, you fix go, it all. You go, to, you go to the government, you go to the Congress. You go to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, you right. sit in the office, and, and all everything's problems, fixed. Right? You, you become the Christian representation, and you fix all the people, and you – they're just lazy to me because right. – that doesn't do anything. It, the the Bible is very plain and very very clear that render to Caesar's what is Caesar. Jesus said that himself. The world is going to be the world, and we should never be surprised when the world acts like the world. We should not be surprised that the government is secular. You can have Christian people in the government, but the government is never going to be a Christian government. And if it is, it's probably going to end up being corrupt because you're going to have corrupt people leading it who are trying to do their own thing rather than the way Christ does it because we mess up everything that we touch because our righteousness is as filthy rags. So therefore, how do you change it? Each one of us as individual Christians and individual people, we, we, we change the culture of the people around us. We, we stay committed to our spouses. We raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We love people more than we love ourselves. We, we, we give thanks to God for every single thing that happens in our life. We think upon things, uh, you know, with ever there be any praise, if there be any virtue, if there be any small thing, we, th- we, we think and we focus on those things that are good. That's how we change society, not just going to the ballot box and voting for whom we think is best suiting our, our, our needs. That is lazy. And that, that does nothing at the end of the day, except for, in my opinion, cause more strife because you're not really doing anything at all. So let me ask you this. Why do you, and this is just you thinking because we're just having a conversation. Why do you think that the president's polling numbers are so high with evangelical Christians? Because they're through the roof. Is that just because Democrats are viewed as the party that can't have religion? Like mm-hmm. there's no Christians that are Democrats ever. Like they're, that's like seeing a unicorn. Because the Republicans is the party. It's the party of Christianity and all these liberals are demons. That's a bit extreme, but you know what I mean. You sent me a picture earlier today. Right. Of, uh, I'll pull it up here. Yeah, there was was a picture of President Obama. It's a picture of President Obama saying something about Trump's pulling back all my laws. And then a picture of Jesus saying, well, that's funny because Democrats are pulling back all of mine or something to that effect. Yeah. It's very, very sad. Why? Why? He he says these things. He does he he does these things. He brags about things that you should never brag about, Christian or otherwise, uh, grabbing women by the genitalia and all mm-hmm. these things. Yet somehow, evangelical Christians seemingly, and I'm not saying all of them, but the poll numbers are really high for right. this, are seemingly able to dismiss all of that and go, "Yeah, but he's our guy." Uh, for, how can you how how you know get inside the mind of a Christian for me as a pastor? How are people able to do that? Because I'm not able to do that. Because I'm looking at it going, this okay, well, all these things, Christian or otherwise, I would never vote for this guy. Policies right. aside, because he's kind of a it's, jerk. It's, well, it's because it's because he's going. He, okay, one has to admit he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Okay, okay, regardless of what it is, he's going to do what he says. Like he's yesterday going to do. when he said he was going to cure child cancer. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's put it this way: he he's definitely not your average politician where he'll just kick the can down the road and have talking points. Yeah, he. For the for better or for worse, he has accomplished you know those things he's out to do for the most part that he can do. Regardless, yeah, he makes these grandiose promises like we're going to build a wall. And right. It's like, well, he can't do that by himself. No, like he has to partner with people in Congress to get these things done. Right, and he seems like he wants to run it like a business where he's the boss and he says it and it happens. But he doesn't know any different, and that's one of the reasons. Well, that's why, what I'm saying. Right. But so how? You say all these things, and he does all these things, and 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 you're, and you're watching TV, and you're like, okay, well, he's never going to be able to cure cancer. He's not Jesus, right? You know, what, 
he, but he says these things and he attacks people and he, he, he calls cities in America rodent infested right. stuff. And he claims people from Africa are from bleep hole countries right. and all these things that you would say are like, okay, well, even if he is a baby Christian, he's not on fire about it, at least outwardly. Uh, we don't know his heart, obviously. That's not for us to decide. How, as, as a Christian, as a pastor, how are you able to take all of that and set it all aside and go, yeah, but the economy's doing really well? Okay, there's there's two factors. Like, unpack that for me okay. as a Christian. How are you able to, Number one, to justify those it, things? It was a perfect storm because you were talking at least to probably more uh, Supreme Court justices that were going to be nominated and, 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 and appointed. Well, if you ask me, Mitch McConnell and, stole a Supreme Court justice. Well, I, well, we can reg- talk about that well, later. I, I, but I, I'm I, just I, regardless, right. the point is, is that President Trump will have access to at least two, probably more appointees. He's already put two in. Right. He's put, so, he's, he's, yeah, there's he's, been two. Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh and, and um, um, Gorsuch. Gorsuch, right? Yeah. So that's one. So you ha- and if you were control the Supreme Court, that you know if the Supreme Court goes the your way, then you're able to change giant laws, which leads me to the next and most major point, which which is very very difficult to talk about, but it's a huge elephant in the room, and in most Christians' minds, it's what separates you from me. Either we're going to do it. If we don't agree on this, then you are the enemy. And that is abortion. But most Christians, most evangelical Christians, that is their post. That is their line in the sand. That's the one. That is the, that is exactly it. If, if, if you agree, if you are more, if you're pro-choice, you are contrary and against every single thing that I agree with and believe. If you are pro-life, then we, then we, then we have, then we're on mutual ground. That is it. That is generally, I've had people tell me, that if you are a Democrat, you cannot be a Christian because you believe in in, in, in pro-choice. That's that abortion is the number one and only reason. Most people, most Christians, I believe, go to the voting booth, and that that's the first when they like if they're looking at all the um, the candidates in front of them. However, that regardless of all the other social and economic and and military issues, they will line up with whomever agrees with their point of viewpoint on abortion first and foremost okay so uh, <laughs> abortion could be its own show yes. you and i could go rounds on abortion of course but i will say this since you brought it up i am i, I apparently i'm a unicorn because i'm a pro-choice democratic christian yes so I, I, apparently but, i'm like but sasquatch most, but most evangelicals would be like well, say, well you're not a real Christian. Christian. right precisely okay which you and I obviously don't have that point of view, and we've never had. Right. And even though we may disagree on it, I never, I would never, because honestly, to me, just as important as abortion is children who are locked up in cages on the border. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, you know, uh, starving. Well, yeah, if a children die, if a, if a child right. dies in the cage, you and I can right. debate that later. Or a child dies in the womb, you and I can debate right. that later. Or a child is still dying. Right. Depending on or your even dying of starvation, right, right, or I mean, there's, there's, I mean, we, 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 that's the thing. But it goes back to again, just laziness. We don't want to look beyond ourselves. We don't want to, um, I don't want to say, like, like, like we're just very, we, we don't want to even want to think beyond the realm of what's in front of me. What's more, what's the most, right. you know. Uh, uh, glaring problem. Well, let me say us. this note on abortion before we move on, because I don't want to. We're gonna. I don't want to get into a whole abortion debate. That could be its own show. I'm sure its own episode. Um, I will say this though. I am pro-choice simply because I don't have any authority to tell you what to do. That's right. it. I mean, that that's that's as simple as it gets. Mm-hmm. I have no right to tell anyone else how to live their life. 
That goes back to separate church and state. That goes back to everything. My rights are relative. I can swing my fist all I want mm-hmm. until it touches your nose. You, your nose is just right to be there as my fist does. So from that standpoint, my job isn't to restrict you from doing things. That's for you have free will. God gave you free will. You have to understand there are consequences for your actions. And, but the, but you the, know, right. so, so it's not up to me. Uh, my point of view is not up to me as a Democrat or up to me as an American or up to me as even a Christian to restrict you from doing something. Mm-hmm. That's your bed. At some point, you're going to have to stand at a gate and answer for that, right. whether it's a sin or not. And that, that's, that's between you and God. I can't, I can't get involved in that. Mm-hmm. So given that I can't get involved in it, that's why I'm pro-choice because I like, I care, you know, personally, I don't think I would, you know, we have a baby. I don't think I would ever, you know, be for an abortion personally, but I also can't tell you what to do. Right. So you can't pass legislation that but you says. Under, but you understand the why. I very much understand. Sure. But you understand. But 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 those of us who are on the more on the pro life point of view, we're saying you're not telling me or the woman in this case what they can't do with their own body. We're just telling you that you're protecting a, you're the protecting right. a human life, and that's that's where it comes into problem. I think it's funny, just as as kind of a bit of an aside here, that both of those things are pro. Yeah, because nobody wants to be negative. Something. No, well, that's exactly right. You are pro life or pro choice or pro choice. Right. It's not pro life, anti life, or pro choice, anti choice. Right. Both sides want to be the positive side because yeah. when you say non, right. you, that immediately it's, is a it's negative, negative connotation. Right. That's why I, like I just saying, find that kind of humorous. Right. That's, why, that's why a lot of uh, pro lifers like, well, you, have, well, I'm pro choice too. You just have the choice not to get in bed, you know, and have a baby or whatever. Well, okay, sure. <laughs> so, so I guess going back to the whole thing people are able to just overlook all of these things because I'm thinking like when I go into the ballot box and obviously, you know, you write your president can't solve all your problems. And I'm not saying that they can, but they kind of set the tone for America as far as, Hey, here are the priorities lists. Here's things we want to get accomplished. Here's things we want to do, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I don't understand how you can have people that can look at one section of the person and ignore everything else. Like when I go into the ballot box, I'm thinking about healthcare. I'm thinking about abortion. I'm thinking about whether or not they're a Christian. I'm thinking about what they can do for the party, what they can do for the country. I'm thinking about all these things kind of in, in kind of a whole package. And obviously people are, people are people. We're electing flawed humans to do jobs. Like everybody's got a flaw. You're not going to have the perfect anything. So I get that, but it sounds like you're suggesting that, you know, you can have the worst sleaze scumball person. I'm not saying that the president is, but I'm just saying you can have this person that says these things and does all these things that are horrible. And if they agree with you on this one linchpin thing, the abortion in this case, oh, well, okay, he's fine. Yeah, yeah. That is, is, and that's that, that. That's that. Is that not troubling to you? It was absolutely troubling to me. That's why we're having this. That's why we're having this episode because we can't. It, it's it's ridiculous to put all of your eggs into one basket. Especially when you're trying to label yourself as a Republican, and Republican and Christian mean exactly the same thing to you, and they, they don't. Jesus didn't right. have a political party. Uh, you know, uh, I I have my own understanding and my thoughts about how Jesus would vote if he would ever go to a voting booth. But at the end of the day, do you think I about those kind of things when you go into the booth? Are you I, think, yeah. or do you do you go in and think, okay, if Jesus were in this booth? Absolutely. What, what, who's he putting on this but ballot? Yeah, I mean, obviously way, he's not, and right. I'd like to think that Jesus is all powerful and doesn't care about right. political. But I whatnots, think that. But, but if you study the Gospels, if you go Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or at the very least, 
read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you can get a pretty good idea of what Jesus thinks about certain things. Right. And it's not that difficult. Well, and there to, are certain actions. He flips over the money changers right. and, you know, and sermons. But he's literally what serves God the most and what serves other people. And, and, and so that's, that's the whole thing. Is that my point is this, is that if, if we're going to, as Christians, if abortion is going to be the number one, uh, you know, uh, uh, thing that we vote on, we need to 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 amplify other aspects that are least less important to us. That really ought to be more important. You know, I, I think that you know helping others, you know, who are in tough spots and welfare and those kind of things. And here's the thing: the reason why a lot of people forget that the reason why there's no because I, I see a lot of times people post about on social media tax the churches and all this other stuff, and I'm like, do you understand that that road goes both ways? There is a separation of church and state for a reason. Now I get that there are a lot of churches out there that are more interested in building buildings than they are building people. And that is definitely a problem. That's deep. But the majority say, of, say that again, it's really deep. <laughs> there are more, there are churches that are more interested in building buildings than they are building people. Uh, and I get that that's a problem. And, but the majority of churches out there are small churches just trying to do, you keep the lights on at the same time, trying to help and build their community. And that's why the church is on the same plane as the government, because the government was never intended to be a service to the people. It was there to be, as far as to be like a welfare to the people. That's the church's job. That's why we give to the church to help those who are in need. That's why the Bible specifically over and over talks about taking care of the widows and the poor and the, and the, and the, and the, and the orphans, because we have to help those who are less fortunate. Well, and Jesus does that too with loaves and fishes. Now, granted, he right. can work miracles. Right. I'm not saying that he can't, but, right. you know, so you know, he's, got loaves, he's got loaves and fishes and he feeds everybody. Right, but he, but the whole point of that story... It's is, not like, well, I'm, gonna, I'm not feeding you because you're a Gentile, no, well, so the, but the whole out. point of that story is less... A lot of people focus like on the loaves and fishes of being the miracle part of it. And, and I agree that, believe me, if I can turn... Five loaves of fish, or five loaves of fish. Five, five loaves, loaves two of bread, fishes. Two fishes into right. you know feeding five thousand. That's a big deal. But what the point of it is, and what we need to take away from that as Christians, is that Jesus made something out of nothing, and we had given you and I that same power. If Jesus lives inside of us, we don't necessarily need to quote magically wave our hands and all of a sudden we can feed five thousand people. But what we can do, especially in America, is we can put our hands to work, axe to the grind, nose to the ground, and find a way to solve problems. He's given us a brain, he's given us abilities, he's given us duties and 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 and, and wisdom to be able to overcome obstacles and to help other people. That's what we should be doing as the majority of the church, that way we can stop complaining about the government giving out welfare. Christians, if we want, if, we, if you're so mad about Democrats railing over and over about giving money away that you, you know, you were, you pay your taxes just to give somebody else a free ride. If you're so tired and so worried about it and, and so sick of that, then maybe you should go out there yourself and start helping others. And so the government doesn't have to do it for you. And you know, that that's, that's what I'm trying to get at is that we have to understand that the government is only doing those things that we disagree with because the church, because the church has not stepped up to do them in the first place. And, and that that has to be a priority. If we want to have any chance at changing this world and any chance at, about, at spreading and, and promoting Christianity to make it so where Christianity is no longer a cuss word. You know, people think of church and they think of Christianity and they think of evangelicals. It's a dirty word anymore. And the only way we can change that 
is by truly being Jesus again to people, being putting on the mind of Christ and preferring one another. You know, the, 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 there's a scripture that talks about how he separates the sheep from the goats. And, you know, it was had nothing to do, you know, basically we have people who are lined up in front of uh, Jesus. In fact, uh, let me go there real quick, see if I can find the scripture. While, while you're pulling that up, I have a question for you. Um, do How would this work in the scenario of churches of other faiths? I don't mean Lutheran and Methodist. I mean Christians and Muslims. I know, what do you mean? Like? So I don't mean, I mean, I don't mean from the standpoint of, so you're saying there's a responsibility of the church to take care of people, right? Yes, right? I think that the Quran would say something similar because more, I mean, we like to think Muslims are all radical and they blow up buildings and things. And yeah, there's a small subset of those too, but there was a Christian that blew up an Oklahoma building, right. in Oklahoma city. Right. There was a Christian that put anthrax in your mail. Right. You know, there was a Christian that shot up a church in Charleston. Like th- these things happen, Right. It's not just one thing, but we all, we, when, when in America, when you hear the word Muslim, you tend to think terrorist. Right. That should not be so because Muslims are pretty peace-loving people. Muhammad Ali was a Muslim. Nobody well, really got I, mad I, about that. So what I'm saying is if it's a responsibility of the church, isn't it also the responsibility of the church to reach across religious lines to do good? I think that when, what do you mean call, by reach across? Like call your local mosque across. and say, Hey, we want to do a food drive, friendly competition between the two of us to raise cans for the mission. I honestly, I, yeah, I, I get you that. See what I'm saying? Like, but I think though, if it's the responsibility of the church to reach a, to, to help people, then if that's the only thing that matters, then shouldn't that, I mean, I guess for, what I'm thinking from my perspective is, is that Christians quite simply, I'm boiling this way down. Christians, Jews, Muslims, they all pretty much agree on the same stuff except who the guy is, okay? And what I mean by that is the savior, the guy. Christians believe Jesus is the guy, Mm -hmm. right? Jesus is a prophet. He's in the Quran. He's just not the guy. They believe Muhammad is the guy, right? Who's the prophet, right? right. And Jews believe the guy hasn't come yet. Essentially, that's it. But there pretty much is the, I mean, that's a big difference. I'm not saying it's not a big difference, but- all three of those religions d- believe in peace. They believe in love. They believe in taking care of one another. I mean, yeah, there are radical parts to all of that, I'm sure. But, you know, isn't it the responsibility of the church to live peaceably with everyone? Like, are you going to turn Are you going to turn away a Muslim woman who's hungry? Right. No, definitely Probably not. not. No. Are, is it the responsibility of the church to reach across those ideological religious lines mm-hmm to take care of the most people. Like if I called a local mosque and said, Hey, we want to do a little friendly competition between our church and your mosque and see who can raise the most cans of food. And we're just going to donate them all anyway, but just some friendly back and forth competition. I mean, there's, I don't see why is that, is that something that's considered allowed because you're helping people. I mean, but you're not doing it from the standpoint of Jesus. You're doing it from the standpoint of the betterment of the community. Well, look at the story of the good Samaritan. I mean, the good Samaritan is a perfect example of what you're talking about. Here, let, let me head over there. So I think it's in Luke chapter 11. No, it's Luke chapter 10. And uh, I'll go ahead and read this. Let's read the story real quickly. This is verse 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. So you have a man from Jerusalem. He was heading over to Jericho. He gets robbed. He gets robbed and just completely disrobed and just laying on the ground for dead. Left for dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest who was also, you know, a, a Jew, came to a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he went on to the other side. He passed by the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, and you have to understand, Samaritan 
is, is like your example, like like a, a Jew to a Muslim or a Muslim to a Christian. I mean, they're two different points they're of different view, ideological different ideological stances. everything, religions, everything. A certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, had compassion on him. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said to him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. In other words, not only can you take care of, take, take care of him now, but if you need any more, I'll, tell you, I'll help you out. Which now these thinkest thou was neighbor unto them that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, Go and do likewise. So Jesus is specifically saying, even if you have a disagreement, an odd, a any kind of theological or any kind of dispute with somebody else, it doesn't matter. We still have a responsibility to to at the very least, if they are in need, to help them. So just but does that include "Quote unquote," partnering with. I don't see why not the enemy. I don't see why not it's because not, it's to, not like to me said, that seems like that would be easier than helping somebody who's in okay. need. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you if, you know you can do a lot of good if you put a lot of people together, right? That's the entire notion of why GoFundMe's are a thing. Right. We can talk about why people have to beg for money to pay their insurance bills later. That's its own thing, but you know that that notion of you know you're a Jew, I'm a Muslim. Why can't we get along? and help people in both of our communities that needs like we both live in the same community. Right? I think it's a lot of it's you're a Christian. Like, I'm a, you're yeah. a Christian. I'm a Muslim. We both live in Topeka. We know there's a homelessness problem. Let's just fix it and move on. I think a lot of people just are, are afraid. I mean, at the end of the day, people were taught that anything different from us is we should be afraid of. And we have to remember if, if, if your Christianity is so fickle and so, fragile that you can't even be around other people of other faiths uh, then really you got to question how strong your relationship with god is in the first place you know i mean like okay for example uh, i mean this is an extreme example but i think that it, it's, it's valid a lot of people the one of the bigger theological questions in in in, in, in christianity is can a christian be demon possessed okay the, the 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 true answer is in my opinion according to scripture no. If you remember, the scripture tells us, uh, I believe it's in Romans. Let me look. It's in, uh, no, it's, it's in Mark 3, I believe. Uh, verse 24, Mark three twenty-four. And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. If Satan rise up against himself and he be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. Verse is very important. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man then he will spoil his house. In other words, if someone's breaking into my house, they're going to have to get through me right. before they can do anything to my home. Sure. Who is the, who theologically and theoretically is king of my heart. If in my home, if I'm a Christian, you, well, well Jesus, Jesus, I mean, right? your home, you, so you're but telling then you're, me but because you're a Christian, that Jesus. It, if it's so in order, if I'm a Christian and I'm getting to be possessed, who does the demon have to overcome first before they take over me? Good. God. Yeah. Is that going to happen? Probably not. No. not so much. Well, it hasn't happened before. Right. So, <laughs> like no. So, so, the, so, isn't that why hell is its own place? Right. Because that, that was, right. that, that so, almost happened. And then it was like, yeah, no, that's not a thing. Right. So, if we are, so if we have to understand that if even in spirituality, if a demon can't overtake us and take over us because we have Jesus in our heart, how much more less likely 
Is it that some that somebody else of a different faith is going to influence us if we are if Jesus if Jesus is strong and the strong man in our hearts? That's fair. So that's that's the whole point is that we can't be afraid of the world. We can't be afraid, you know. Like like for example, there was a huge uproar in Christianity when the government made it legal for homosexuals to to get married. Right. Just so we're clear, that was not passed by the law. That was a Supreme Court opinion. Right. Okay. But just, again, just, just, right. just so we're clear, well, Congress didn't pass that. Well, that's true. That's okay. an interpretation fair, of, fair of, of, of an existing thing. But okay, but the but the clarification came. But the clarification is, right. hey, you cannot prevent homosexuals from marrying right. one another. It was a huge uproar. A lot of people in the church got mad about it, and I'm like, um, why are you so mad? Like, number one, I guess it doesn't affect you. Now, I do have a, a I do have the opinion that is a that, that I should be able to. To say you know to, to marry somebody or not marry somebody now and doesn't necessarily mean if they have a homosexual because anybody I could have a bad feeling about the couple or if I you know there's been other there has been couples that have come and sat in front of me and I could just tell that they were definitely not you know ready to get married and I declined to do their wedding. Well, I'll peel back the curtain here a little bit. When we had you you married me, not wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you performed the marriage ceremony right. for me and my wife. Um, that was a very much a first thing you, you know, you sat down and we sat down with you and we said, Hey, we'd like you to be the minister at our wedding. And you said, cool, there's two things that have to happen. Right. Number one, and you know, these, you can right. tell them, you don't, you can tell them yourself. Number one, this is going to be a wedding under God and Christ Jesus. Right. I'm a Christian pastor. I'm so a Christian pastor. pastor right. So that's the deal. Um, and then number two, as far as I recall, and you might have, you, you can expand on this too. Number two was, you know, I reserve the right if we get far enough along to right. kind of back off if I feel like this isn't something that is right. going to be gonna able do to some marriage counseling, do some counseling yeah, and go through yeah. it. If I, you know, and, and, and it was and, almost like a weird marriage interview process right. of sorts. I mean, not that we weren't already going to be perfect for each other anyway, right. and you knew us for years, and so it wasn't a big deal. But um, yeah, you've told you I mean you told us that kind of point blank. You're like, look, if I kind of get the sense that this isn't going to work after we kind of got going through or some counseling, I kind of reserve the right to right. back out. So that, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I, I don't. I think that 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 Christian pastors should have the right to decline marrying people who are, you know, homo, uh, same-sex couples to get married. Uh, there's, but as, but as far as same-sex couples getting married, whatever. Yeah, who are you? Uh, it's not not yeah, not you. Yeah, that's and again. It goes back to we should not be surprised when the world acts like the world. And I'm not right. saying the world in derogatory terms, as much as I'm just saying society and the world as it is. We we should never be surprised when the world acts like the world, uh, because we are called to be salt of the world, salt of the earth, light of the world, and our job is to protect and to preserve and to love and to share kindness and giveness, giveness and, and give love. To, to the world. That's how we change it. Not be mad about it all the time. Uh, all right. So um, let's see. We're going to talk about the, uh, the, the two different uh, houses. So, so let me go back here. Uh, the, to the sheep and the goats. Uh, let's see if I can find it again here. One second while I'm doing this. So is it okay kind of in the, in the grand scheme of things, if you, if you called the mosque and said, Hey, we want to raise food, food drive. You guys want to help? Is that, considered i mean we kind of touched on a little bit but would you consider that quote-unquote okay yeah i don't see why not i mean it's betterment for the community uh yeah i mean why not i mean I, how does it hurt how do, really how does it hurt i mean you're I, that, that's kind of what i'm trying to figure out i just don't right. understand you know no, i don't think it's a problem because here's the thing is we have to understand what is important to jesus and that was, that was the whole point into what we 
Yeah, I don't circle. feel like Jesus is going to say something to the effect of, hey, you did a really great job with all that canned food stuff, but you worked with the mosque. Right. So yeah, you been doing down that. you go. Like, I don't right. think that's going to happen because at the end of the day, the result is you fed the hungry right. and clothed the naked. Well, let's go, go to Matthew chapter 25, verse 32. It says, and before him, it's before in God, before God shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them from one another. As a shepherd divideth the sheep from the goats. Okay, so you had imagine all the people of the world, and God separates one all half of the people on this side, the other half on the other side, and He says to His sheep on His right hand and His goats on the left. Okay, and the king I shall guess I'm say, a goat. Uh, "Well, come on, I'm on the left." <laughs> the Republicans on the right. Well, I'm a, he says well, the goats the, on the left. I'm on the left. That's the thing about that is that some people think like that. <laughs> They think like that. They think that that that, that okay, that, anyway. I guess sheep do goats say bye as a yeah, sheep. Exactly. They both do it. They both do. Well, all right. I'm a goat. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. Naked you clothed me, I was sick, and you visited me. This is God talking to his sheep. Naked you clothed me, I was sick and you visited me, I was in prison and you came unto me. Then the righteous answer saying, uh, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? Or when did we see you as a stranger and took you in or naked and clothed thee? So these, these are or the sheep. Or when did we see, no, this is the sheep. They're like, these are the sheep did, saying, well, we didn't right, clothe you When did we see you sick or in prison and came unto you? And the king shall answer and say to them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. Regardless of those, of those people who are in need, if they are Christians or not, God sees it when you do it unto them who are in need, you are doing it as unto him. To me, that is the biggest issue and should be the biggest issue for every single Christian when they go into the voting booth. Do the people who's going to do I'm the most voting, good? Who's going to do the most good for the for, most people? In this case, the country. Right, you don't the, vote right, for a world for leader. You vote for the president. Right. If I if I'm putting all of my eggs in the abortion basket, which may or may not ever change, I am robbing myself and this country of what Jesus says in Matthew 25 is more important to God than anything else. So then, how? Well, I think you are for universal health care. I was going to say, well, if, how are you against universal health care? But I don't think you are. That's a methodology thing. I think exactly. I'm okay with, with with everyone having access to health care. I think we just disagree on how they get We disagree it, on how we get Which there. we talked about a couple we talked about, ago. Right? Oh, yeah, a while back. So the, you can find it in the archives right. at thisislifepod.com. <laughs> this is 41. says, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared uh, for the devil and his angels. But I said I was a goat on the left. Yeah, well, but... I'm out, yeah. I guess I'm out of here. He says, For I was hungry, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we hungered, or thirst, or stranger, or naked, or sick. It's kind of the same thing. We didn't, we didn't see it. We didn't see it happen to you. We, we didn't see it. Hey, if we, we would have known. known. If, if we would have known God was laying on the side right. of the road, we would have helped out. Then shall you answer them, saying, Verily I send to you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. You don't hear that in church. A lot. It's a great slogan. You hear a lot of, right? I need a, you, you don't hear this you in hear church. You hear a lot, a lot about how people who are in homosexual relationships or who are living together or have abortion or watch rated R movies. I mean, you have all of these things, these talking points that Christians love to rant and rail about. But what's 
the God's truest heart is that we take care of one another. Right. That, that's why I'm preaching from this microphone so much and why it may even sound redundant, but we have to understand that that is God's true and official and only heart. Didn't, didn't God give Adam the earth to take care of? To take care of the earth, absolutely. And then he gave Adam a helper right, to, to help, help take the, care of right. him. Right. And to have, have someone to, have, to take right. care of, yes, isn't precisely. that the like? Isn't that why? That's you, the that's the whole purpose. Of, if you if right. you believe in you know the Earth right. being created in seven days and all these different mm-hmm. things and Adam and Eve, isn't that the crux of the whole thing? The whole, the whole God gave you the whole planet to Adam and then all of his descendants, which would be everyone, to and, take right. care of, and by but, extension the okay. people, because you're all when you really get down to it, right? Every person will be a descendant of Adam and Eve. Right. 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 So therefore, we're all one big human family. Right. You might disagree. You might have a weird uncle. Right. But you're still family. Right. That's that's weird to say because there are people in China that I've never met and will never meet. Right. But yet I should still treat them with the same dignity, respect, compassion that I would treat my family with. Mm -hmm. Because really, you go back far enough. Yeah, we're all related. Right. Four hundredth cousins or something. Right. Absolutely right. And I, I just, I mean, just why this makes me so sad. Like we, we get stuck on these major uh, controversies. Well, it seems like that's so points. simple. Yeah, but it's, that but seems so. It, it seems, seems so simple. easy. But think about it. Just Those take things, care of everybody. Right. Just take care of one another. Do right. be nice to one another. But How hard is, is that? But, but think about it though. It's completely contrary to our sinful nature. I know that you know we have to actually work at helping one another. As crazy as that sounds, it does not come naturally. Right. When you think of children. In a nursery or in a play preschool, they don't naturally have kindness and want to share with one another. Yeah, sure. This is my you block. Know? Give me that. Right. Yeah. So, so we do, it's not a natural feeling for us, but that just makes it even more important to focus on. But that's why I get so frustrated when we have all this bickering about stuff that really doesn't matter or really is never going to change. Or we like to rail on other people's behaviors. Right. When in reality, God didn't call us to rail on all that. He called us to take care of one another and allow him to change people's hearts. We are so interested in wanting to change people's behavior that we forget about wanting to help them and change their heart. Right. God is the one who's going to change their behavior. Well, and if you change the heart, you change the behavior. Right. And the only way you change the heart... So if you go right for the heart, you cut out the middleman. Precisely. (laughs) And the the only way... I can show you any behavior I want. My heart could still be horrible. Right. Right. So so you that's, that's why an, that's right. an outward thing. Behavior is an outward thing, right. not an inward thing. So the, if you go right to the source, mm-hmm. then well, that's why the Bible talks very plainly about even if you have that's an like adversary. blowing up the Death Star. You don't shoot right. the outside of the Death Star. <laughs> right. You drop you, go, the, you drop the laser beam in the exhaust port. You hit right. the center. Right. And the rest and the, of the, and the rest thing, the rest of its history. Right. right. That's precisely right. And that's why the we have to set a precedent about you know agree with our adversaries quickly. If you're in a quarrel, you don't just let us sit. You go to them and you try and find a way to fix it. Before it gets to where it ends up being, uh, you know, a, a bitter root that lasts forever. You know, we, we, it's, it, we have to understand that there's a mutual respect that has to happen, not just among just strangers, but even just our close family and friends. That's where it starts. And, and that's the example that we ought to be giving our children. You know, we ought to show you know, it's okay to, 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 you know, if you have a your spouse, have an argument in front of your child. But they also, and more importantly, ought to see you make up and get right. and, and, and resolve and quickly. I mean, there's been times where my wife and I have an argument and we have a discussion that's, you know, and that's intense, you know, but we always make sure, especially if Island is in, is in the same house or in the same room or happened to hear us or whatever, that she knows that we still love each other and that we came to an agreement 
and you know it, it just has to happen yeah that's over and you right move on. and that you that you move on and i think that, that, that you, again you have to focus more on people's hearts and changing their heart than changing their behavior because god will change that naturally once he's come into their heart and the only way they're going to do that is by you and i as christians showing them jesus that jesus is knocking on their door so that's kind of similar to just this whole notion of kind of we're all in this together is really similar because I was reading about, um, oh, who was it? It was, um, oh, Scott Kelly. You know who Scott Kelly is? Name sounds familiar. Scott Kelly was an astronaut. He spent a year in the International Space Station. His twin brother, Mark, was here on Earth. Uh, he always joked they sent the good-looking one to space. But that was kind of funny. But it was his twin brother, Mark. And they tested the difference between, um, between you know, the effects of space on a human body, human anatomy, human cells, all this stuff, versus somebody who was on Earth for a year. So they scanned them both before they both left and got their benchmark data and all that. Then they um, they sent Scott to space and they observed Mark and they had Scott do experiments in space, you know, hair samples and stuff and doing all that. And then he came back and he wrote a book, which is called Endurance. It's a really great book. Um, it talks about just being in space for a year, which is kind of like ex- he called it extreme camping just because you can't shower. Like you think about showering, you can't shower because water doesn't flow downward because there's no gravity because you're in space. <laughs> That's, I never thought about that. But I guess yeah, you're right. so you can't shower. You can't flush a toilet because the water doesn't go down. Because yeah, I learned that about the no... movie Space Camp. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but he said, he said he looked out the window because he was the one, if you ever followed him on Twitter, he would take those gorgeous photos of here's Hong Kong at night and it was all the lights from the from mainland it's China. CGI, you know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, just kidding, just kidding, sorry. I'm going <laughs> I'm I'm to go now. Uh, so, but he took all these, he took the wonderful photos, I think he even has a coffee table book now of all these photos he would take from the International Space Station to these gorgeous parts of Earth and he said in his book, he goes, when I was up there, everything seemed so small and it wasn't from the standpoint of like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, 62 miles straight up and I'm orbiting the Earth but he said, when I was up there, I didn't see any, I, mean, I saw people on the space station, but I didn't see any people. I didn't see any bickering. I didn't see any quarrels. I didn't see, it's not like a political map where America's blue and Canada's red and Mexico is like an orange color. He didn't see any lines bordering any kind of countries. He saw one beautiful planet that had everything that humans have ever done in history, except for a couple times in the 1970s when we went to the nearby rock that hangs around. And he said, I don't know why we can't all just get along. Right. Because we are quite literally all on spaceship Same, right. Earth, mm-hmm. traveling through the sea of the stars all together. And yet we can't seem, we spend too much time looking on the ground right. instead of looking up and getting that cosmic perspective that this, you know, we're all on this planet together. And yeah, I could easily spin that into, so we need to take care of the planet and recycle and all that. And I'm, but I won't. But just that notion of, like, I should take care of you and you should take care of me, not because of religious views, but just because we're people. Like, I don't need to be a Christian to, to take care of you. No. I agree with that. But that's what I'm That thinking. goes right but, to the Good Samaritan. That right. goes back to it's the heart of Jesus to take right. care of one another. That's right. why, you know, if, if, if you believe those things, that's why he gave Adam right. earth to take care of. Right. You can argue whether or not we're doing that or not. But all of that happens because we're just one little ball. <clears throat> In, in in the universe. Let me ask you this. There's something unifying about it's that. It's probably a question you would probably ask me, but let me, I'm going to get your opinion. Why do you think that the church has strayed so far? I mean, I, I mean, obviously I just read, you know, several passages of scriptures where it's blatant in black and white and in red. And Jesus talks 
that's there in front of us, why do you think that we have gone so far away from having kindness and love towards one another when we're much more better at either staying silent or only using our voice in the voting booth or railing and complaining about everybody else's sin but our own? I think it's really easy for people to point out flaws in others and not look at flaws in themselves. Right. Um, you talked about that. Yeah. One of my favorite sermons you've ever done, the honking beam. Right. I love, I love, I love me the honking beam story right. available in the archive. Yeah. Let peace be all men. Um, this is lifepod.com. You can check it out. I'm episode three, four. So yeah, two, it was two. It was two. It was two. Um, so yeah, but you know, I, we spend so much time, looking at all of our differences that I think we just forget all of our similarities. Like, so, and this is kind of silly, but I think it illustrates a good point. I was, we were watching Ellen's game of games. Have you heard of this show? Mm-hmm. It's uh, Ellen. My daughter loves gonna, it's, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. So they're doing, they were doing a game and I don't remember what the thing was, but they wore like deflated sumo suits and they had the rest of like sailors and they had to run down and put their face in a giant, like um, steam hole, like mm-hmm. on a ship. And you put your face into it, and if you got the right answer, you didn't get sprayed with water. And if you had the wrong answer, you got sprayed, and it was right. some funny little thing. And the question was, how much of our DNA do we share with bananas? <laughs> okay. went, I don't know. And they got three answers, and they people run down, and they pick an answer. 50%. With a banana? With a banana. Okay. Okay. For some context, we share 99.9% of our DNA with chimpanzees. Right. It's that 0.1% that makes us so radically different. Right. You ever looked up a shaved chimpanzee? No. Don't do it. <laughs> just, I, I, I don't, will just, do not I'll just file that one away. Yeah, and listeners, don't do it. I know you're going to go probably do it now. You're going to do it now sure just because you said it. Clear your browsing history afterwards. Wow. Real bad. Listen to you. <laughs> but we so we share 50% of our DNA of what makes us us with a fruit. But we don't ever focus on that. Right. And, and it's hard, and you would never talk to a banana anyway. But you know, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Hello, right? Hi, how's it going? You, you see what I'm saying though? Is that we we are 50 percent essentially banana in terms Hello, of DNA. Aren't you glad I didn't say banana? Uh, okay, yeah. But but you're right. You and I are dads now, so we're con- <laughs> we are contractually obligated to make those jokes. Like <laughs> right. if we don't make dad jokes, we go to prison. So we have to make these <laughs> yes, these silly yes. jokes. But we share 50 percent of our DNA with a banana. And we never focus on that. We focus on bananas are fruit. They're yellow. They're all this stuff. We don't ever focus on our similarities, like that we both need oxygen mm. and that, you, you know, uh, we can both see the color yellow. Like there, there are things that make, you know, we're both made of carbon, just kind of scientific stuff. But I think even on a human level, you know, you and I are, I don't know, 99.9999999, a lot more 9% mm-hmm. the same DNA. Yeah. I mean, you're a person, I'm a person. Your hair color is different than mine. There's some well, slight differences, but I focus more on our differences than on the fact that we're both people. Right. And I think humans are just naturally inclined to do well, that. Maybe that's so. You take right. that. You take it over hundreds of thousands of years of human evolution and of tribalism, and I'm on this tribe and you're in that tribe, and eventually that just snowballs into well, we're descendants of Adam and you're descendants of, right. you know, right. and then. You know, eventually that, you know, we always have humans have this weird need to be part of groups. Right. And for some reason, we can't view other groups as simply other groups because other groups pose a disadvantage to our group. They They pose a threat, but they don't. In this case, they don't. No. But 
that's kind of just hardwired into our brains that, mm-hmm. well, if you're not with me, right. you must be against me right. because if you, if you were with me, you'd be in this group. <laughs> and that, but, so sad, but you're right. But that's so simple. Like it's a simple notion. And yet we forgot it. We talked about this before, but you know, we had two, we had one rule. Don't eat the fruit. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't do that. Right. And then we got 10 rules. Right. And then, and then we got hundreds of rules. And then we right. got a reset button. And then right. we got, <laughs> right. Oh, you're right. And then Jesus came back and said, listen, let's just reset this whole thing. Right. Let's start all over. I'm going to give you the 10 that we had are really good, but there's only two that really matter. Yeah. And those are the hardest rules of all. And those are the <laughs> toughest ones apparently for us to act right. on. And because we can't act on those rules, we get thousands, thousands of others, and right. we still can't even act on those. That's very sad. So I, I don't know what that is. What do you think that is? Well, I think let, let me turn that back on you. Why? How have we gotten here? The reason what happened? Okay, it's selfishness. That's a pure and simple. Well, that's a shorter answer than mine. Right. Well, is this just selfishness? <laughs> I think it's easy to be selfish. I mean, one of the easiest things to do is just you know, and if you get up and you have to go to work that day, or you're facing a long day. It'd be a lot easier just to stay in your PJs and throw on the Netflix and eat junk food and just waste your day. Or, you know, that sometimes you guys get up out of bed, get on the shower, you know, could put on some clothes, get to work, get productive. And then eventually you feel good about what you've done. And it took a while to get there. But yeah, because you self-sacrificed and you are working for somebody and something else greater than you, therefore you have accomplishment. And I think that's the whole thing is that we have to literally go to work in this world, put aside ourselves, let God take care of us and think about others and other things more important than ourselves. I, th- I think the takeaway from today, cause we're going to close here. I think the takeaway from today is, is just that in every interaction that you have, whether it be with friends, loved ones, strangers, uh, just, just, just the people in general. Think about that. What do I have in common with these people? What is it that I can relate with this person on? Like, for example, we talked about my trip to Canada, right? Even though the people that were next to us, they love to talk, and they were from nine hours north of me, which means they were, if I were to drive from my house to their house, like 17 that'd hours. be like over 24 hours just to get to their house, yeah. right? But yet I was still able to sit there and talk and communicate and, and, and learn and gain from them and just have a good time. We both apparently love camping. We both apparently you know, pick the same place to go vacation. So we have something in common that we can talk about and then we can learn and gain from each other. I think that's the thing is that we just need to start asking ourselves in every interaction, what do I have in common with this person? What is something about them that I can relate with and I can talk to that I can get to know with, or at the very least give them loving and kindness just because they are another human. If you, if you, if you're having a hard time coming up with something, just remember, they have air in their lungs and blood in their veins, just like you do. Right. And that alone. Yeah, they're a mammal. You're a mammal. Right. They drink water. Right. You drink water. That yeah, alone. You got something. Right. That alone is worthy of their of, of you giving them love and respect. Even if you hate them or they hate you, even if somebody does something absolutely horrible to you, the Bible's very clear. We don't have the luxury of hating that person just because they did something bad against us because right. we are no longer ourselves. We have crucified our flesh. We are dead to the flesh. We're dead to ourselves. We're living in Christ. And Christ, because he forgave even those who put him on the cross, we're to forgive those who put us on a cross. Well, yeah, it. and they didn't even literally put you on a cross. Precisely. If he if he can forgive people that put him on a cross, right. you can forgive somebody that stole your parking spot. Precisely. Exactly. Or cut right. you off on the highway. Or, right. Uh, you know, also, anything. Sent you a nasty email right. or these, these petty and little I, things. Right, and I get it. It's tough, but, man, it's so worth it. And, and, and that will do so much more for the kingdom of God and the preservation of this world and in any politician than any political party 
than any any ideal. Just loving and giving kindness to others. Again, I know it's, it's probably redundant, but that's the whole point of this this entire podcast. This is life. Is just to give an just to give an urgency to reach out to fellow men and women and just say, I want to know what's important to you. I want to know what makes you tick. I want to know what's what 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 causes you to wake up every single day to face this world. And how can I learn and gain from you? Because you are the one who inspires me to get up and do the same thing my every day myself. All right, Matt. Well, hey, I really appreciate you coming around. I'm going to take man. that as a challenge to go talk to somebody I don't talk to. Yeah, that's good. I, 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 me too, man. I got a 50-person IT department. I'm in like a section of five, but they're one of the people that I don't talk to ever. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody's got a story, out. right? Everybody has a story. and everybody I don't necessarily has... avoid them because I avoid right. them or because I don't like them. I don't even know them. I, right. can't, I can't not like them if I don't know the person. Right. That's okay. So I'm going to take that as a challenge to go yeah. talk to somebody this week that I don't usually talk to. Uh, yeah. Let's I mean, you just... guys listening, do the same Because you're saying, thing. think about this, think about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to go talk to somebody that I don't usually talk to you this week. That's how, how's it going? And you're the master of talking to people you don't know. Yeah, just, try. Just, I just definitely try. Grocery store and, <laughs> you know, camping and the yeah. the, 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 Mar, uh, uh, the guy at Lowe's. Right. You know, you're just, well, you're just a naturally just conversational pick, yeah, person. you were just helping me picking up my groceries and just having that chit-chat with that lady. Yeah. It was one of the highlights of my day, just who's helping me, you know, delivery. I go to Walmart and I get my groceries picked up there. And just, I love that interaction. Just, hey, how you doing? Everybody treating you all right today? You know, you... You know, uh, you know, just well, it's so simple. All you gotta do is ask. Yeah. People love talking about themselves. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah, so easy. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, if you want to know, if you have a hard time, well, I don't really talk to you. People. I don't know what to talk about. Just ask them about themselves. That's ask it. Ask them how their day people was. They're treating you all right. Yeah. You know, are you having a good day today? I mean, just literally ask them about questions that you would want well, to Well, yeah, she even told you a funny story that put a smile on your face. Right. You went over to the lady and she said, yeah, it's been, you know, it's really kind of humid out here. And I go into the <laughs> freezer to get the milk and to get the stuff for people. And, and I go in there and I come out and my glasses boom, yeah, so humid. Fog up. They just fog up instantly. And that was, you know, yeah. that was a, just a fun little moment yeah. that you wouldn't have had had you not no. said, you know, hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Here's your oh, okay, I'm doing good. Here are your groceries. Yeah, Sign this. Bye. Food. Right. So uh, yeah, but you just went out of your way and said, "Hey, how's it? You know, yeah. everybody treating you okay? Do you ever have any? You know, you ever any? You know, yeah. been yeah. all right? Is there anything going on?" Right. It, it always got me in trouble when I used to work at Best Buy too, though. Because <laughs> I remember we yeah. worked at Best Buy at the same time in different departments, and you could never work on Sundays. <laughs> no, because that's the thing. Cause I'd, I'd be I'd because, the whole morning. because Sunday you'd be in Pastor Sean mode, right? It'd be all about people, and you wouldn't be in regular Sean Johnson mode, right. who's already a fun guy, but you went into Pastor mode, right? And then you'd go to Best Buy. And, and work, I'd work continue. as a side thing, and you would not be able to come out of pastor mode. So <laughs> somebody would be like, hey, man, I want to get this new iPhone. And you'd be like, have you heard about Jesus? <laughs> I'm not necessarily that bold, but I, I definitely <laughs> I would go beyond just helping them with the phone. I'd end up asking them, how you doing? And if they gave, they gave me an answer like, uh, it's been a rough day. Oh, it's been a rough week, man. I'd yeah, be my like, phone well, got stolen. Tell me about and, it. Hey, have a sit right. down. And then, yeah, I'm having a counseling session with them. I'm trying to sell them a cell Meanwhile, phone. Meanwhile, your manager's like, hey, that you should have yeah. done half an hour ago. <laughs> we got a line. Yeah. Come on. Did you get the protection plan? Well, Jesus is their protection plan now. Right. <laughs> right. So. Yes, you could. But but that's just your heart. You know, you, that just comes easy to you. And for mm-hmm. some people, like so even me, I, I, I very much prefer quality over quantity when it comes to people that I associate with and friends, right? Right. There are a very small amount of people that I feel like I can be myself around. Right. And, and that's weird. I know that sounds weird to even say out loud, uh, me, you know, even on an international podcast. Um, but, it, it, you know, I, I'm, very, I'm much more comfortable with three or four people that I've known for years, that I spend time with, that know my heart, and I can get away with saying ridiculous, nonsensical things, and they know that I'm teasing and all these different things. Because that's a little bit about me. I'll say anything. I, I'll put any combination of words together. 
as long as there's a laugh at the end of it. Right. I, I, I do that always, right? Silly jokes. You probably heard a couple here. Um, the thing last week with the money, uh, with the Canada story, there's a bunch of little nuggets of jokes <laughs> in there. Anything that makes people laugh, I just, I just I find that fun. Just right. saying something and make people laugh and brighten their day and, that, and that's it. But I don't really talk to people that aren't in my circle. Right. And so it's almost like, it's almost like it's almost like the whole circle of a credit card. You can't get a credit card unless you have credit, mm-hmm. and you can't get credit unless you have a credit, credit card. card right. So you get st- once you're in the circle, it's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. You have credit. You can get a credit card. You can get more credit. You can get- once you're in there, that's fine. But getting in is really tough. And so for me, for some reason, I- I'm not I'm not able to open that bubble up. Well, I mean, but you're not alone. Most people. Oh no, are I like know that. most people are like that. Right. So that that's going to be a little bit out of my comfort zone this week is to try to go talk to somebody that I don't talk to a whole lot. And it might be awkward. Hey, um, can I help you with something? We don't ever talk. Do you need something? No, I just want to chit chat. Okay. I'll tell you what. Just because it's against the norm. It's not something that you you do. But you know, if I'm, I'm going to go talk to somebody at work. They're not going to know anything about it. But I'll that's just about being bold. And I'll tell you what. Let's, let's do this. You, know? you and I, let's take a, just challenge ourselves this week. Let's both reach out. And just talk to somebody and have an experience with somebody that we just would not have Just you and me normally. or the folks at home? Well, well, specifically you and me right now. Okay. Uh, you know, in my, in my circle of influence, my circle of friends, or my you know, place of work, wherever I'm at, and now you want to do the same thing. And then all oh, those of you who are listening, why don't you guys do the same thing? Why don't you this week just just focus on trying your very best just to reach out and be a little bit more aggressive in Getting to know other people. Aggressively nice. Aggressively Not nice. Not aggressive. Right. Don't, go push, ah! don't go push your people. This is life pod. Toby, come and get to talk to you. No, but I mean. Aggra- <laughs> internally aggressive. Right. But right. outwardly. Right. Uh, I mean, outwardly. Outgoing. 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 But, you know, making a, 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 a purpose in your heart to just, just to reach out and get to know somebody beyond just the, hey, how you doing? And, and I think that that you share the story. Go to this is life pod at gmail.com and email me, email yeah, me. We'll read them on the show. Yeah. We'll, we'll read them on the show. We're going to talk show. about, you know, your experiences about you going out there and just getting to know people and, and just your circle of influence becoming bigger and how you just asking somebody a question about themselves opened up a new experience between you and them, how you, you know, and this is going to even, if you want to even go even take a step further and maybe find somebody who's hungry and feed them, who is thirsty, you know, give them drink. You're just like Jesus said, you know, where you did these to the least of these, you did it unto me. Just go out and just find somebody who's in need even and to help them and take care of them. Um, you know, but at the very least guys, we got to change the world one person at a time. We can't rely on the government to do it. We can't rely on politics to do it. We, especially as the church, it's our responsibility. You know, the, the government sets it up that way because Jesus set it up that way. That we are the ones who are responsible to take care of this world. So let's go forth, take care of this world, be the salt of the earth, the light of the world like we're supposed to do. Until next time, God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo.